sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. This one where I actually did hear, I actually did hear the uh, intro music this time, Tony. So you didn't uh, need my did, sign did, language. No, I did still. It was really good. Um, yeah, you got to watch the sign language. It's it's pretty good. We'll, we'll get we'll get a video up of it someday. It's gonna be classic. Get it on Instagram. Because I start the uh, three count with actually three measures to go rather than three beats to go. Classic. Well, yeah, it, it's it is a it's a laid back you know cut. So you got to you know you got you got to figure out. Am I? Is he feeling the halftime? Is he feeling the downbeat? You know, where is he at? Well, I don't know where his head's at, and that's what you're dealing with. And I'm dealing with it too because I never know what you're about to say, or if you're going to talk over it, or if you're going to, or if you're going to uh, comment over, it, or even start singing it, maybe. So uh, it's I, all, we're all just waiting on a new surprise. Every I day. could, but I just want to talk about this downbeat thing. I'm a white man, of course. I don't know where the downbeat is. I don't know where the two and four is. It, like, have you ever been to a concert and seen people clap? Like, clap on the one and the three. It's fucking you're terrible. Clapping one, you're clapping on one and three. He's Why one. Not? You're clapping one and three. You're at Tower of Power, clapping on one and one and three. He's uh, <laughs> having a great time out there, gang. We, where everybody's looking at him, like, man, that, it's so nice they brought that guy out from the group home. Very cool. Um, Tony, uh, I'm just hanging out. Uh, in a new in a new location, the, the temporary studio, um, as we know, our our recording location uh, was um, unceremoniously uh, uh, lit on a fire by a competitive a competing podcast. Uh, they came in and lit the whole building up. They 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 came in late in the in the under cover of night and uh, sparked the whole thing up. So and, uh, it's it's gone now. So now we are here together, of course, in a new spot. Um, much nicer actually, but, uh, it's, it's, it's just a little different getting settled, trying to figure out how loud I should talk and how much swearing I should do. Um, two things that you have to figure out in this particular studio. Now I didn't realize that podcasts had gone sort of all peaky blinders and started burning down other mm. people's studios. I could wear myself yep. a cool Irish newsboy cap and burn some shit down. I'm up for that. Let's yeah, I was thinking like start podcast Scarface type scenario where the uh, the guys from I don't know I don't actually I couldn't even name I'm not sure I could name one beer podcast other than ours uh, the good beer hunting one I think has one um, there's a couple that follow us on Instagram that are called like a pint a pint with a pal with Billy you know or something yeah. like that so I think Billy came and and lit our crap on fire so we're we're coming for you Billy but in the meantime uh, slightly new studio setup, slightly trying to talk slightly quietly, <laughs> more quietly. Um, now, just a little slightly, totally slightly different, slightly. So now I everything's normal. With your set dressing in your new studio, that there are some banners in the rafters there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What championships are those for? Or what teams are those for? Well, we got a couple for the Chicago White Sox, of course. Of course, the, um, the um, poor man's... Chicago baseball team. Yes. Um, yes. That, that makes sense, I think. And then some Illinois banners, which I can get behind, honestly. I'm, I'm down with the Illinois banners. 
I don't actually know <laughs> where the Chicago White Sox fall in. When I say poor man, I don't mean people from a um, lower socioeconomic standpoint, but I just mean that they're the on a national um, stage. They're yeah. sort of not the team that you root for. I'm not yeah, sure in Chicago um, how it breaks down. They, they could be just as popular. I think it's evened out. I think the Cubs are uh, probably the fans of gener- the generationally wealthy or the oh, uh, the team for the generationally wealthy. There you go. They tend Cubs fans tend to be a different type of racist, a different type of uh, homophobe. <laughs> gotcha. And uh, actually, I think the the White Sox might just be the regular baseball kind of those things, <laughs> the normal type. Um, of because I was somebody who was trying to argue with me yesterday about like. He's wearing a cardinal shirt, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the Cubs had all these homophobes." I'm like, "Bro, it's just baseball." Yes, I know. Yeah. And we can, and you're it's just this is just what baseball people are like. They're just old. I don't know. You know. But this happens with with any group, and specifically sporting groups. We we saw this with with um, Philly fans. That's what I can relate to American listeners. But it happens here in mm. Australia when there's shitty behaviour from one group of fans. It's sort of like. All those fans are shitty people. No, every yeah, fan base has a pocket of, of 10 to 15% of people that are shit human beings because that's yeah. how it breaks down in the population. And they've just happened to show their face wearing team colours. At least that's how most I look those, at it. Just in, in Philadelphia, most of them can go to the Eagles games. And the, the other, and most of them like sheets or Wawa. I don't know. One of them. Most of them like sheets or Wawa. The shitty ones like sheets or Wawa. I don't know. I don't know which one they like. I don't. I don't know anything about that. But maybe someone from Philly can tell me what I what I uh, what I don't know about gas stations. Um, Tony, Tony, I am in a new location. I admittedly, um, uh, unfortunately, we have not been the target of any uh, podcast. Well, maybe fortunately, podcast warfare. I, I just moved. I moved out of my house. I think we talked about this a little bit, but it was quite quite the experience, Tony. Um, getting out of my house, uh, there was a little bit of a feeling of that a mafia syndicate was moving my stuff well, uh, for me. Of course, it was they're a little awkward, company. but it's all right. Yeah, it that's a good business for the mafia. Honestly, it fits right in with their ethos. I think as a uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's it, they can get a big warehouse. So I have no trouble getting a big warehouse. I think my stuff went to be stored in Rosemont, so probably right next to a meat locker uh, full of you know <laughs> Cuban Jimmy beans. Hoffa's yeah. corpse or something. And my glass top desk is sitting there, worth approximately twelve dollars, I'm sure. Um, just just chilling out in there. But it got all done. I I paid an exorbitant amount of money. But we are out of the house. It's cleaned out. All the carpet's gone. It's getting fixed up, and we're just chilling now. So that's why I was like, "Let's do a show, dude." We, yeah. I'm cool now. I'm. It's easy for me. Now, let's say the move doesn't go as planned as far as the moving company. Are you willing mm-hmm. to take them on the people's court or judge duty to get your damages back? Yeah, I, it would probably have to be Judge Mills Lane. Of course, would be the one. I think he's not dead, right? Did he die? He might uh, be dead. I'm not sure. He might have died. Yeah, Judge Mills Lane, or I think Judge Joe Brown is still kicking around a little bit. Is he still on he TV? Might be one. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm a sucker for Judge Judy, and of course, Marilyn Millian, the People's Court. Do you think she's hot? Is that no? Is that, God no? Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. compared to Judge Judy, yes, and oh, okay. compared to other 
any other TV judge other than Chrissy Teigen, even though Chrissy Teigen's been cancelled yeah. for being a bully. Um, yes, but she's still a TV judge. It's, it's kind of like... Okay. Play the, can- play the cancel button for... Judge Chrissy Teigen, uh, she's she's been uh, she's been dropped. See you later, Chrissy. Yeah, um, I was I was going to mention Judge Chrissy Teigen because I keep thinking I think about Quibi once a week, and I <laughs> I would love really? to get on. I don't yep. think the yep. executives like from Quibi think about Quibi once a week. <laughs> I don't think they did think about it once a week was the problem. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I would love to get I would love to have my um my moving case my moving company um lawsuit adjudicated on uh on judge chrissy teigen or something on in in, in a quick bite in fact of a show <laughs> with judge chrissy teigen to whatever yell at the um the feller who with an n95 mask who packed up my bookcase and did it insanely fast and i was in, incredibly impressed um pretty cool uh, those guys are good at that stuff. Anyways, it's all gone. Honestly, I, at this point, it's all gone. So I actually stopped caring. I don't think I have anything that's of particularly high value. Um, it's not like I'm moving a bunch of diamonds, or I didn't even bring my sofa because they quoted me. I'm moving the sofa, and I looked at the sofa. I'm like, ugh. And I just like, I'll just buy a new one. I don't want that. Yeah, they've um, got furniture so, warehouses in Vegas. Last time I was there, they had huge temporary tents set up just for. As furniture warehouse um, near the near the freeway Should, somewhere shouldn't be a problem. I don't think I'll have any trouble buying buying furniture out there. So now I'm chilling. It's all over, Tony. Um, so now I'm just chilling out, watching basketball and hockey and drinking beer. Uh, Tony, I know you're watching some basketball right now. I am. You got your Philadelphia, your your Australia, your your Melbourne Seventy Sixers playing. Um, what's what are you, now now before we get into that. Speaking, if, if you're the Melbourne 76ers now, now what are your two favorite gas stations, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would probably be Celtics because they're actually an Australian company and a, an Australian name. And then probably, what are those ones? There's, there's a couple on the way to Melbourne. They're like the big truck stop mm-hmm. ones. And they're always... They're like a del- flying J. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a... McDonald's and a KFC in them, and they're always a delight to stop at. So, because they ever toy- have those like, do they ever have those truck stop restaurants in there, like the the shitty like little diner truck stop diner type thing? They did, but a lot of those have been replaced by fast food places because, okay, in the area of Australia where I live, we are relatively compact. So I'm two and a half hours away from Melbourne, and these these truck stops are about an hour and a half away from me. So they're only an hour from Melbourne's CBD. Right. Um, so it's not like you're out in the middle of nowhere and you can't find a workforce for them. Sure. So it's easy to have the turnover of fast food staff. So to get a McDonald's yep. cook is fairly easy and a KFC cook and a Hungry Jack's cook. They're very no, easy to Hungry find. Jacks, yeah. yeah. Well, All right, like, so we... So we so know you your can two get a Yumbo on the way to oh, a the, Yumbo. at one of the gas stations while you fill up with petrol. And you, the reason why I like them, they've got clean bathrooms. Really, that's all I'm looking for wow. from a gas is station. Gas, is gas federally controlled there? Boy, this is a no. fun conversation for your people. Okay, so, they, so the gas stations can have different prices. Oh, absolutely. And boy, okay. do they ever. Right. Because when we yep. go through 
cycles every couple of years where there's not necessarily a gas shortage. We don't tend to have that in Australia because we're not um, pipeline driven. We tend to tank all our stuff in, even though we have oil fields, we mainly use them for natural gas um, purposes. So when we have price spikes from the cartels, the news tends to cover where there's cheap gas in one suburb and then people rush to this suburb to get cheap gas and then then rush out. That happens here too. Yeah, but we pay Uh, a lot more tax on our gas. um, About um, Yeah, we we do too. No, we don't. You pay more than us. Yeah, yeah. about 60% of our um, gas price is actually tax. So Mm -hmm. we're in in line with some of the bottom tax countries in Europe, if that makes sense. Because and there's the gas, there is the gas station conversation I started, and the wrong, that was the wrong answer, Tony. Your favorite gas station is Wawa. Uh, anyways, I thought it would have been Come and the, Go, or whatever that thing's called. Quick, yeah, there is a Come and Go actually, which is nasty. Um, Tony, tell me how you feeling about Philadelphia? How you feeling about the 76ers? You you guys feeling like I mean, it feels like they're well, they had a quick start against Milwaukee, and now they're uh, no, Milwaukee? that was that's New Jersey. I'm an idiot. No, you're playing. Uh, you're playing. Sorry, I was thinking. I was thinking of the Nets. Uh, Atlanta. What are you doing? I don't know. They play Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, they. Who cares about Atlanta? Well, Atlanta got the first game um, yeah. on the 76ers because the 76ers were were rusty, but I don't think Trey Young can do it by himself because when your supporting no. cast is Brian Herder and and Gallinari, you're in big trouble. Um, yeah, so, that's that's a problem. So they're on the way to the East Finals. I just hope we have one or maybe three Aussies in the um, NBA Finals. So if mm. we were able to get a Utah-Philadelphia 76 matchup in the Finals, um, that would be a perfect situation for me. Now, I have to fall on my own sword and apologise. I don't think Utah are the best number one seed of all time, but they've exceeded my expectations. What they've done as a team has been amazing, and the way Joe Ingles has roasted Paul George in in two of the three games has been uh, outstanding to watch. It's been yeah, great. Does LA have any sort of? Does LA have any kind of fucking heart? I mean, they're they're they feel like a the we like the lamest fucking team on earth. And this whole year they've been this way, but yeah, well, for two years they've been this way. Are they the most soulless team in sports? Like. I thought Brooklyn was going to be that, but they're kind of fun to watch because all their megastars are so fucking dysfunctional. KD is yep. a 10-year-old boy. Um, James Harden is a lunatic the way he parties off the court. And Kyrie is flat-earth Kyrie. Yep. I I want to talk politics, but nobody else on this earth talks the same politics as me. Um, so they're, they're fun to watch as a super team, but... Yeah. Nobody else on this flat Earth. Nobody else on the on the flat Earth that, talks that's the same true. politics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said glow. you're walking right off the you're walking right off the edge of the fucking world or whatever, like a like a scrolling single uh, a scrolling uh, fucking Mario game or whatever. You just fall right off the planet. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah, I uh, I felt bad about Denver. Honestly, I I liked uh, the Jamal Murray thing. I know it. it Torpedoed them, but uh, I uh, I thought that was kind of brutal well, with Denver, and I liked Jokic so much. But he, there's no way. I mean, he's a big, 
he, he looks like me and you put together if we stood on each other's shoulders uh, <laughs> from a human bo- physical body standpoint. So um, it's it's sort of a problem to have that guy and be like, okay, how, how will I have this guy carry me through a playoff series? And it's not because he isn't dominant. It's that he dominates the game in such a different way that it's hard for him to win a game on his own, which he's done, but it wasn't going to happen four times against, against uh, that team. Yeah. No, it, it's very hard unless you're Utah. This, is, this was my problem with Utah, is they don't have more than one superstar. And it's mm-hmm. extremely hard to carry yourself through a playoff run. So you look through time and there's always normally been two stars, three stars that, that carry you through. Now, Utah have one star in Donovan Mitchell. I'm, I've been late to the party there, but I, I definitely think he is in that category. But you look in these playoffs, any other team with one star has failed. Denver, I know they have two, but without Jamal Murray, they fall. Dallas, right. Luca is great. He is one of those yep. other superstars. But Christoph Porzingis is not a second superstar. So they just load up on Don- Dontich and they fall out of the playoffs. I think Milwaukee yep. are heading that way as well. I, I think they'll they might take it to seven, but but Brooklyn are going to get over them in the end. It's the teams with two and three stars that are going to um, end up coming to the four because um, I think Phoenix has two. Maybe maybe if you put Aiton in that class, that that Phoenix has those stars now. I certainly think Chris Paul and um, and Devin Booker certainly fall into that class of. of stars that can change the game. It doesn't always have to be on the offensive side because I, I believe that's why Philly is so good is is what Simmons is able to do defensively, although that that attempt to go over the top of that screen was shit house, Ben. It's true. Um, now, speaking of the NBA, uh, let's get on our Discord shit here. Uh, Discord's been popping off this week. Had a few new joinees, joiners, joinees. Some people showed up. Um, our friend Max Allotman had a win. I saw this. He bet on the Bucks in Game Three. That's a nice win for him. He won. Uh, looks like he got a cool sixty-two bucks out of that. Pretty Oof. good. I don't know if Drew. Hol- I don't know if Drew Holiday scored the first basket of the game. Um, I hope so. So hopefully that happened. Um, unfortunately for our friend Tyler, uh, he uh, lost one leg. Sorry, of a five-team uh, a five-team parlay in baseball. Because the White Sox blew the game at the end, uh, or they, they it was a spread parlay, and they they blew it, uh, blew the it got the guy blew the save, tied the game in the bottom of the ninth, and they ended up winning the game, but by one run, of course. So that's a choke job right there for Tyler. Sorry, my friend. Um, and then I liked this one from our friend Max Allotment. Uh, he had the draw in today's Belgium Russia match. And I didn't pay attention to it until I just looked at the score later and Belgium won three to nothing. So sorry about that one. <laughs> at least if you're gonna go sorry out, that that's one. the way I want to go out. I don't want to go out by losing an over under by half a half a run or half a possession. Yeah. Well, or and on, honestly, I liked that draw even more after I mean, after all the, the horrible stuff with Christian Eriksen. Um, because I was like, Oh, these two teams are gonna be flat as <laughs> flat as all hell. You know, yeah. and they, and they, and rightfully so, right? You would expect yeah. it, but um, then yeah. Belgium showed up, and and Ericsson's teammate came out and scored 
two goals. So there you go. Now, for um, our non-kickball yep. fans, did you want to talk about what actually happened there? Oh well, I mean, he had a cardiac he had cardiac arrest in the game. Yeah, um, like forty third minute, I think. And Erickson, player I was pretty familiar with, being a former Tottenham man, um, now plays at Inter Milan. But uh, he's walking around, kicking the ball, and one minute later, he's on on the ground. Uh, you know, heart stopped. So, um, pretty, pretty crazy, pretty brutal. Uh, they had to, they administered CPR. I mean, they lost him. I mean, he was, he was, you know, dead as a doornail for 10 minutes or so. And they uh, brought the defib out and got him back. They got him back on the first defib, which is pretty rare, actually. They, that he was, must've been in pretty, uh, they, they must've, they, they got, they got there fast. Yeah. Say. And, um, he was, he was back. He I can't imagine a scenario where he ever plays um, football again, um, which is uh, certainly too bad because he's only 29 and an excellent player. Um, had certainly had some, certainly had some, uh, you know, some more life left in those legs. He, he'd played for a long time, and it felt like he was kind of coming up to the around the bend of his career. But uh, now he's not going to see the see the uh, see that out. Uh, we'll say, we'll say for sure. And then Denmark had to play the rest of the game, of course, like six hours later, and they got beat by Finland, which is terrible for them. They, you know, they're a better team than Finland. Um, they shouldn't have had to do that. They shouldn't have had to make that decision. Um, and uh, it's awful. But of course, every soccer federation is the worst fucking thing on the planet. So what do you expect? <laughs> yep. They're the NCAA on crack, essentially. So well, uh, it's it's just what you got. But um, yeah, it was too bad. I I, uh, I thought that was you know I mean certainly fortunate that he uh, is okay and he's awake and he's stable and he's you know fine. I'm, yep. I, I want I don't know what the outcome of that'll be if they have to. No, you know, maybe heard. it was just a freak thing, or he's going to have to get a internal defib type thing or something like that. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, and pacemakers have come a long way, but we we've had that in Aussie rules. Um, one of the players for my team, Dylan Robertson, collapsed on the field. Um, Mm-hmm. Didn't need to be shocked, but um, certainly had um, a lot of problems, and we've we've seen it in the NBA. Um, Drazen Petrovic, of course, is perhaps the most famous oh, example yeah. of of that, and and not being able to be saved because it was at a practice facility in a time before defib units were, every, were on there yeah. were everywhere. Because I don't know whether it's the same in Chicago, but we've got one at our sports stadium, we've got one in our main street, and we've got one. Actually, yep. across the road from me at the local car museum, the automatic type, of course, but at least they're there and they can be administered. And sure, you yep. need to be a needle in a haystack to be in the right spot and, and people know that they exist. But um, to have one at a sporting event, you're probably best case scenario, really. But it's sort of surprising that it doesn't happen more often because fit people are susceptible to heart conditions. You were reasonably yep. fit when you had your issues and you only just pulled through. Um, it, yep. Uh, which was a little less of a, I mean, it was a freak thing, but a yeah. different type of freak thing. Yeah, for but, sure. But what um, I, I wasn't sort of yeah. lumping all heart conditions into one. Yours was very different right. to running around on a soccer field and, and, right. and, and falling dead. But, you not of an age where you would think you would have any heart conditions, regardless right. of whether no, it be yeah, a, a viral or a 
bacterial thing. And it or might whatever not be. It may... He even he might not even have a condition. No, it's just like your heart, your um, the electricity in your heart decided to out stop for it. a second, and it goes no, uh oh, you know. Yep. And uh, that's terrifying to think about. So let's just let's just uh, see if we can both survive this entire podcast, Tony. That's actually my goal every week. Not really to make any particularly interesting content, but to see if I can do something for an hour without uh, passing out or anything. So. And that's we'll see. We've got better chances than we once did. Of course, you were on the move out of Chicago. I think any time you move out of Chicago, from your point of view, as far as weather goes, I think that's that's a healthy thing, and you're more likely to live. Yep. And you just look at the amount of kilos that I've actually dropped since starting this podcast. Yeah, you're healthy. You're health. You're healthy now. Yeah, relatively. Let's be honest. Relatively healthy. Yeah. I um, I think I've lost I've lost weight since we started this podcast also because I can't go to a bar every day so yeah have I actually mentioned on this podcast I know I've mentioned elsewhere but I'm actually down fifty pounds from when we Look started doing the uh, podcast so yeah oh my god from and yeah all the TAI listeners will be looking to think of that you know yeah. hey since last time I so what probably fifty pounds since I last saw you right? oh, you'd easy. lost weight before then too yeah no. No, no, I was probably, the last time you saw me, I was probably towards my heaviest, to be honest. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a couple Wild. of those shirts from, from that trip where you saw me and they just drape off me. It's, it's great. They make me feel um, tiny. A couple other things in the Discord. Um, had some, uh, I, I mentioned a brewery that I'm going to talk about a little bit later called Art History, which was very good. Um Oh, of course, our friend, the grammar purist, brought back the old classic soap story. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get him out here to just retell that story to us. That kid's probably 26 years old now or something. So yeah, and married uh, with kids in, Yeah, himself. married. His, and, yeah, and now his wife's finding the soap with the hole cut in it. It's crazy. Um, the... Uh, oh, yeah, I took some pictures of my new studio fridge, Gange. You'll look at it. It's like a 40-year-old fridge. Pretty good. It worked. Works fine though, keeps beer cold. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So, if you guys want to get on um, and hang out with us on Discord, send us an email beerengineshow at gmail.com or drop us an Instagram note. Um, we're beer engine pod on Instagram. So, come on in. We'll uh, maybe you'll see some pictures. Oh, yeah, I did drunk post, Tony. I put I, I drunk posted that I was eating an Elote's burger, which I was eating a Elote's burger, it was just a burger covered in corn. I was pretty buzzed at this point where I posted this. So, um, celebrating the fact that I got all the shit out of my house. So, I was pretty happy about it and I ate an Elote's burger. Now, if you were going to pair a beer with it, surely it would have to be a corn based lager. And it which... actually was. Um, oh, there you go. And which I had one? The did Mexican, you... I had the Mexican lager from, uh, from uh, Art History and it was extremely tasty. Nice. Good choice. Big, big win. Um, Tony, I've been drinking beer this week. I know you haven't been buying as much beer. Do you have any favorites you drank this week? Any any um any excitement from the week, or or is that is that cross to bear on me to try to excite our listeners with some intelligent beer t- drinking conversation? That, that cross is on you. I mm-hmm. I have um been sort of consuming sort of leftovers that I had in the fridge, but nothing of particular note. Nothing. Nothing worthy of a checkout. Um, stuff that's that's decent, but I wouldn't call it outstanding beer. Um, so I had a um, Raspberry Four, which is 
fine sour it it just brings nothing exciting to the party yeah. it's tart and delicious to drink but would i um would i go out and buy it again no that is great defense by simmons go on get the run out um, there you go matisse hit the three oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> play by play um yeah, Tony, I, I've been breaking into the Horace stash this week. Um, Got to chew through some of this beer because I don't want to fly it all to Vegas. Um, and so talking this week about drink, Horace, yeah. chewing through it is perhaps the correct way to think about it. Yeah, there, and there was some chewing in this one for sure. Um, drank a bottle uh, of another dose. Uh, another dose is the uh, in their uh, stout, 12% stout with chocolate coffee, Hazelnuts and vanilla. It was a potent coffee uh, uh, flavor. I think it has essentially double of all of those things compared to the, or I don't know, maybe it's just a regular amount. I don't know how much it has, but um, it was pretty strong coffee, pretty recognizable hazelnut, and the vanilla finish was super nice. I actually thought it was it was not. I wouldn't call it balanced so much as I would say it was balanced, overbalanced. Does that make sense, Tony? Nope. It had too much. Of, it made too much of everything. It had too much of everything, but I could taste everything. Does that make sense? Okay, I'll I'll try and put it another way. It was spinal tapped. It was turned up to yeah, eleven. It was. I I tasted the chocolate and the coffee and the hazelnuts and the vanilla wrapped it like all up nicely. And it tasted like drinking a glass of candy. I mean, it was very sweet. That's <laughs> why um, so you split it with many people, which we did. Um, but I did really enjoy it. I did love the, like, sort of the order everything came in, right? The coffee hits you first. Big coffee flavor. Rounds into some of the chocolate. Then that hazelnut aftertaste, right? That, like, very, what is that? The hazelnut, that Nutella flavor, you know? Yep. And then um, just ties it up when you swallow it with that little vanilla uh, you know, a little bit, and I, uh, I was like, "Damn, this is so out of control." But I do get all the parts, right? No, none of those adjuncts were overbalancing the other, but it was an over-the-top stout, which is the point. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. The point. When when I get these um, stouts, I, I don't think I want this thing to be perfectly balanced. I just want enough of this and enough of that. If I'm spending Horace money, I want, yeah. I want eleven. I want it turned up. All the way to eleven. Hey, guess what? I was spending Horace money today, Tony. Um, I did spend some Horace money. Would you like to know what I bought? <laughs> what did you buy? Okay, so I'm a member again. Of course, you knew I was keeping that. <laughs> of course. And uh, so we got an email today, and you love getting these emails because it means you're gonna you're gonna spend your money. <laughs> and not that I've been spending any money in anything else lately. No, no, you, you've Every, been everything's been yeah. no nothing nothing that's yeah, sort of no, a one off payment. The, the, the mafia, the mafia came and moved all my stuff for free. Of course, as you know, yeah, um, that's how they roll. That's so their business model. It was, a, it was a barrel aged two pack from them today. That dropped into the old email today. Um, and the first one was called Cloudbreaker One, and it is a uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, uh, fourteen months in George T. Stag bourbon barrels. That's some high end bourbon right there. Um, so that that one's exciting. No adjuncts. So it's just stout, 14% stout, 14 months in barrels. George C. Stag barrels. Killer. All right, this wow. next one, Tony. Now, here's here's one for you. This one's called Planifolia Purr. I don't actually know what that word means. Um, and it is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with Republic of Congo vanilla beans added. 
and it spent 36 months in Pappy Van Winkle 20-year barrels. <laughs> wow. That So Tony, what do you think of this two pack? This two and so these are both packaged okay. in 355 355 milliliter wax dip bottles. I got the George T Stag and the 20-year Pappy Vanilla Stout 355s. What do you what do you think? This is not going to be cheap. I always tend to hit the under here. I reckon you're looking at at least thirty a bottle, based on those ingredients. But um, I'm actually going to say thirty five a bottle. I'm going to say that this two pack cost you seventy dollars. Nope. Uh, each set was ninety nine ninety nine. Tony, I wasn't uh, that far off. And I did, I did, of course, buy it because I'm a sucker. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm excited to try them. There's no ad. There's very little adjunct in it, which I'm excited about because it means I don't have to like chug it immediately um, the second I get my hands on it, so that I can taste the adjunct. But now, um, how do these beers hold on? Considering a lot of them don't have adjuncts, is this a beer that that you would be willing to take the risk of putting it away for? for 12 months or a couple of years just just you know, to the, see how the ones it with, ages it depends the ones with coconut tend to fall off a little bit that's of what course. i've noticed yeah, anything with um, an adjunct i actually think the coffee ones hold up okay because they must put enough coffee in it that it doesn't it doesn't melt off too quickly um, or there's enough sugar in those things to suspend it somehow yeah um, vanilla sticks around great uh, hazelnuts have stuck around great um, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not holding on to these for yeah. years No, and I would doubt I would hold on to any of them for even more than one year. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have to, especially since I'll be out there and I can just go get them. I'm not getting them eight months after I bought them. So, um, uh, I, you know, I think these ones, the vanilla and the non adjunct, you know, I might sit down for a little bit. I mean, I'm not one to age stout and think it's going to do anything for me. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, do I want to have a, you know, I don't want to, I just need to like get a good day to drink it. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't mind waiting six months for that, uh, with these. So that'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. It's, um, it's sort of always a, a tough thing is, is how long do you hold on for, to a non adjunct beer that, that you think mm-hmm. can have age? Because sometimes those things get better, like a tiny bit of, of oxidization can help some huge stouts. I know this is an um, yeah. unpopular opinion, but I'm not talking like holding on to it for five years. I'm, I'm talking around that 12-month that period, some of them really come alive. I've actually got some yeah. um, just plain old mum-and-pop Goose Island that's, I think, three years old now. So that'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how that's aged yeah. against what, be, what I know is great. fresh stuff. Um, and that's a beer I'm willing to take a risk with because it's not that expensive when we're talking like that's a what 650 mil bottle, yeah, and yeah, it's 650, and it's half the price of, of one of your bottles, so it's well, not really a risk. Yeah. Um, in yeah, comparison. let's not think about that anymore. <laughs> yep, um. I do want to do uh, another run of uh, Griff's Lager of the Week, of course. Tony, hit that Lager of the Week drop. Look at that. Perfect. 
Uh, Tony, I went to a, I I, uh, I mentioned this earlier. I've written in the Discord about a brewery that I really enjoyed. I went there last week called Art History, based here in uh, in beautiful beautiful Geneva, Illinois. Um, and I was actually just drinking Hefeweizen from them right now. But I have really enjoyed their lagers in general. I think my favorite of the batch was probably their German style Pilsner called Bauhaus. Um, which I believe refers to a style of architecture of some kind or art or something. Well, I don't really know. The I'm, has... I'm a moron, and I didn't. I, I wouldn't bother looking it up. So you're an art person. What do you think it is? Well, the Bauhaus was actually a movement of artists that were actually um, situated within a group of buildings that were called the Bauhaus. So this is where mm-hmm. a lot of like modern um, European artists got their start, and a lot of the artists that came to America and made their name as modern artists. So we're talking um, of those guys that were that did sort of push the bounds. I won't go through them by name, mm. but but it's it's really that that period that that where Germany flourished between the wars that wasn't involved mm. with Nazi. The Bauhaus is <laughs> iconic as far as its architecture. It really impacted what um, Everybody did moving forward. It, it was home to a lot of creatives. It, 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 if you say um, Bauhaus um, anywhere in the art world, it's sort of it, – it, it's a seed to a movement. It, it's, it's also it a building, but sure. it, it is, it is a, a seed to, to sort of that, that – what turned out to be post-World War II art with, with Roscoe and, and the like, even though Roscoe never – actually was involved with the Bauhaus. Um, but certainly a lot of Califield artists of came out of that. Art, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, came out of there. So, yeah, it's an iconic name and it's, it's right. suitable for German pills um, because perfect. that's what I imagine a modern artist would be drinking because you don't have big Horace money. We Not everybody is loaded like Griff to be able to afford Horace. It's and, true. You're and right. if you're going to afford cadmium paints, you need a, a drink that, that's better than fucking PBR. So I imagine they'd be drinking something like this. Well, there you go. And it was a delicious pills. Um, I had a couple other lagers that I snuck from them. Uh, they have a Munich Hellas that I really liked. Um, and... Uh, then they also made this is not logger of the week, so I apologize. But that that segment's in the past, gang. We're, we've we moved on. Logger of the week is over. I drank a Hellas and I drank a German Pils. They were yummy. They tasted like they were supposed to. Go get them. Go check out our history. Highly recommend. But I also had their Bourbon Barrel Asian Imperial Stout. Had a little pull of that um, to celebrate their zero year anniversary, which was kind of funny. But um, how does that work? Well, it's. It's because they they called their first year year zero, which, whatever I you can you know, fine, doing doing that weird thing. But anyways, um, it was a Heaven Hill Barrel Imperial Stout. No, ad, um, I don't think there were any adjuncts, and um, I don't know. I I couldn't pick it. I'll, I'll do. The, I'll say this, Tony. Um, I couldn't blind taste a a barrel any barrel aged stout probably and tell you what barrel it came from because I'm an idiot. But I did drink that, and I said, that is a very familiar barrel flavor, and it makes sense to me that that's Heaven Hill. Um, so if I knew it already, I could tell, and I was reminded of flavors I'd had from Heaven Hill barrels. Maybe it's in my head. Well, it is in my head because it's only in your head. I'm, that's all that's in there. But um, <laughs> it's uh, 
um, it. I don't think I could blind taste it, but I could I could detect it independently. So I don't know if you ever had that experience with that type of nuance, but I of felt course. once I knew, I could kind of find it out. But I, there's no way I could have done it blind. But that's how every tasting goes. We've all fucking right, seen yeah. it. We've all watched yep. Top Chef. We've all watched Gordon Ramsay. Everybody that thinks their palate is magnificent is fucking delusional because palates are nothing without memories. And without those memories and those sort of guideposts, they're fucking useless. Palates aren't as good as what people think they are. As long as you get something out of them and delicious, and if you need to be tipped off, big fucking deal. That's that's the way to um, taste things. Like if, if, if you're able to say, this is a good barrel, and then somebody says, oh, this, mm-hmm. this, this came from a, a really shitty whiskey, then you'd sort of question your taste buds. But if you can say, this is a good barrel, and that's vindicated, bonus. But I don't think even Michael Jackson at his peak would be able to detect what barrel an Imperial Stout was aged in. There's nothing that distinct from one barrel to the other. All you can say is, that's a good barrel-aged stout, or that's not worth spending the money on the barrel aged out. That that's my view go. on that. I think I spent four dollars on it. So one of the cheaper stouts I bought this week, based on uh, recent information I've divulged, uh, so, so, somewhere between ninety some dollars cheaper. Um, so you could get uh, twelve and a half of those stouts for one Horace stout. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just just that's doing right. the math. That's right. Um, so that's the logger of the week, Tony. I have to. Tony's going to riff for about ten seconds while I get up and get a beer, and then we'll move on to the next amazing segment. Tony, take it away. Look, it's not often that I'm I'm forced to vamp, but it's it's a fun thing to do. But it's quite 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 a skill. You um don't give radio jocks the the due just to be able to talk shit for hours. That's why our good friend of the podcast, Brian Malika. I was fascinated by his early work where he had no guests and was able to just talk and talk and talk without any guests. Um, it's a skill that I certainly don't have. But um, to be able to produce, back in the day, I think he was doing two hours of content with not a single guest involved in those shows is quite amazing to me. So, so Do you want me to guess who you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Is it Rando? Oh, it should have been Rando. But although he often had guests and he, he he has highly produced podcasts. I was actually talking about it, our friend who has no idea about production. Um, oh, he yeah. enjoys a cocktail. And did you want to make another guess? He hits out of I his league. I guess it's O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. He can go on for a, He can go on for a while. I did 30 minutes once by myself this show and still pretty unhinged sounding. And I think think back about what was going on there. See, the problem uh, I you, have for that. Is, yep. we, is when we're talking together, my stream of consciousness only sounds slightly deranged. When I'm by myself and doing that stream of consciousness thing, I sound completely deranged, and that isn't good right. for anybody. No, we need more derangement on this show. Uh, speaking of being deranged, uh, let's talk about the news. It's a favorite segment of ours called Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Let me find that drop. There we go. All right, Tony. Well, we had some bad news uh, in the last couple of weeks. 
Or is this bad news? Actually, it's this is actually kind of old news now. Uh, Tony, the craft beer market shrunk 9% by uh, volume. Tony? Yes. What the hell? Well, I, I could... I wouldn't be worried if there was other shit going on in the world. If we were involved in like a, a market downturn that um, was maybe brought on by uh, a terrible sure. president who then didn't want to leave office and then maybe there was a pandemic. But that didn't happen in 2020. Um, I, I just don't understand why it's down. There's no external factors. And the problem I have with this for us is I don't think the market is saturated enough. I don't think there are enough shitty breweries to warrant this market um, actually shrinking. I, I, I'm, I'm really worried for it. I didn't see this happening. I did not see this market as oversaturated. Um, I didn't see um, any well, external factors that could really affect um, well, the ba- this market. The bad news, the bad news for you um, is that the market apparently isn't oversaturated. So while the volume dropped 9%, um, the overall number of breweries continued to grow substantially in 2020 and reached an all-time high of in, in the U.S., that is, of 8,764 uh, breweries. Uh, there were 716 total new brewery openings in 2020. Um <laughs> Now, that was a 30% decrease from 2019 of the amount of openings, but we did not cull, we did not cull any, an, an amount of breweries from the shit market uh, of crap ass beer. Um, we uh, simply continued throwing more into the pile, and I would guess likely a lot of the volume decline was from very big breweries that probably make, uh, well, maybe not the biggest brew, but the big microbreweries um, that make lots of draft volume and that draft volume probably declined significantly because everybody's draft volume declined. So instead of having less volume of crappy beer, we have less volume of like Sierra Nevada pale ale, (laughs) which is the, which is the real problem here. Um, So we just have less, we actually have less good beer in the market is, is one of the issues. Yeah. And I, I think we'll see a change in, in sort of tooling around that, I don't know whether we'll actually see a change in employment or even a change in the actual amount of money spent. I don't know whether there's anything in there on the actual dollar amount, whether that changed, but we'll probably head to war, not the extreme of, of your horror stuff, but but um, higher price, more luxurious beer. There is a market for that. You and I spend a reasonable amount of money on higher end, reasonable. lower volume right. stuff, I'd say an unreasonable amount. Frankly, do you get joy from it? Yes, you get joy from it. Reasonable amount. Are you? Thank you, thank you, Ms. Condo. I appreciate <laughs> that. Are you? Are you living with relatives because you cannot afford to live elsewhere? Okay, that might be a problem. <laughs> kind of <laughs> for both of us. <laughs> sort of a little bit for a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really want to. I mean, I guess I could pay for an Airbnb, but boy, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, yeah. Okay. No, you're right. Um, it's. It, I don't think it's necessarily a a, a trend that will um, continue specifically. Uh, I guess the shock to me is that we we keep getting fed force fed this 
oversaturated market trope, which it's not that I disagree with the, the idea of the market being oversaturated. It's that I'm not sure we have reached the breaking point yet. Well, um, I, think, it, I think we've reached the breaking point of, I'm not sure that you can keep opening the same exact business model. Why and not? I think we're seeing some unique business models come around Okay. Um, for breweries. I think that's the difference, but we'll see how much that spreads, right? I don't think everybody's just trying to build a production brewery and spit out volume. No. I think some breweries have changed course to try to do more. Um, like, for example, uh, I think of the group that does Corridor and Dry Hop here. They've done their growth via different facilities, right? They've made three, not facilities, right? three restaurants, right? So they have yep. three pubs, three different pubs, three different breweries, but they're all in the same sort of umbrella, you know? I think growth might just have to change its the picture a little bit because I think opening a big production brewery is more investment than um, maybe is going to be uh, intelligent at this point for, for these guys. The volume but, thing, I think, is probably a trend that might hit, but I think the brewery growth might, you know, continue for a while. And this is just something I was thinking about. But isn't this the market space we're in? Isn't it essentially what's happened to restaurants as they've matured? Okay, restaurants have a 100-year yeah. start, essentially. But every year there are thousands of new restaurants that pop up and every year there are thousands of restaurants that close i think we won't see it in the thousands but in the high hundreds we'll see hundreds of breweries open hundreds of breweries closed and we'll we'll just see that swing back and forth this is no longer a hype product this is just what i don't even know what to call it let's just call it the beer market this is what the beer market is outside of the majors. And same with the restaurant chains. This is what restaurants are outside of McDonald's and Burger King. The, yep. These are high-risk ventures, and therefore you get a high number of ventures that fail. No big deal. That's, that's where the market is. Don't freak out about the restaurant market because thousands of businesses are closed. It happens every year. I'm freaking out. Freaking out, Tom. I'm just kidding. I'm fine. Uh, got all the boat on my knee here, hunkered down in my basement. Well, not mine. Uh, anyways, uh, uh, here's some here's some uh, news we can track for a couple of weeks, Tony. This will be fun. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, you heard of him, right? You've heard of them? They make Bud Light Seltzer. Yes, I've heard of uh, Augustus Bush. Yeah. Augustus Bush. I think it's just August Bush. Um Oh, maybe it is Augustus. I don't remember, but um, you know he. Uh, which one? Which which one did got cucked by Harry Carey? I can't remember which Bush it was that got got cucked by Harry Carey, but <laughs> Harry know. Carey did fuck one of one of their wives. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely happened. Um, <laughs> I did forget you know which about one. That? If you know which one it is, please send Harry Carey cuck in the subject line to beerengineshow at gmail.com. Um, so that, uh, so Anheuser-Busch back to them, remember them, uh, they will give away free beer if 70% of Americans get partially vaccinated by July 4th, uh, Tony. So here's what they're going to do. Uh, they'll, um, give away free beer to potentially American, uh, millions of Americans to age 21 plus. Um, and if we visit my, if I visit mycooler.com slash beer, I can upload a picture of myself 
at my favorite place to grab a beer, and I will be awarded um, with a $5 virtual debit card. Um, good for one Anheuser-Busch product. So I got to show my Vax card, got to show my picture at my cool bar, and uh, we get we get beers. Um, so actually, I don't even sure I have to show my Vax card. I don't think I have to be vaccinated to get it. I think as long as 70% of people are, we get we just get the beer. Um, so you have to be partially vaccinated. Tony, I don't know if you've looked at this number lately. Have you looked at the number recently? Not for America. No, I have not. And so, Tony, um, if on June thir- as of June 13th, give me the what do you think the percentage of the population that has received one dose of the vaccine? Um, are we talking adult population? Yeah, it's got to be just yes. based on adult yep. population. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to say 80% of Democrats. So that's what... <sighs> 43% of the country have been vaccinated or at least have attempted to be vaccinated. I'm going to say you're sitting at 56% vaccination rate as of June. Partially, yeah. Partially. Had their first at, shot. Tony, we are at 53%. I was so that's fucking pretty close. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty close, yep. 173,840,000. Um, and I would like to predict that we are not going to make it. Um, not so even close. My free, my, we are not getting even close. My free black cherry Bud Light seltzer will not be given to me at my favorite place to grab a beer. Um, it would be funny if I took a picture at Iron and Glass where they don't actually sell any. I think they might have Natter Days, and I guess that's a Anheuser-Busch product. But, um... Yeah, so they'll start this once they confirm that 70% have been partially vaccinated. It'll never happen um, yep. if this lasted forever. It'll never happen. So um, too bad, so sad. No no free Bud Light Celsius for me. Um, if uh, And, and that, so that's 17% of the country we're still short. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's 30, 30, 30 some, no, 50 some million about. Now, I'm nope. doing my part to help you reach that number. I've, of course, had my first shot. Don't know whether we've talked about it. Oh, congrats. I, I actually know we haven't because it actually happened um, post last show. Now, I um, had been waiting and, and thought there was a possibility of having my shot with my local GP, and um, he he put me onto another way that they're doing it and I had to ring a hotline that's mm. – and um, so I kept ringing that hotline day after day and every time I would get the same message, we are too busy to even take your call. It's not worth <laughs> hanging on to the line. Goodbye. And so that was it. Why? <laughs> so it's wow. like, okay. Brutal. You uh, – yeah. Are running short on vaccines then, people. All right. So See. I just rolled up to one of these vaccine clinics on a Monday, 11.30 in the morning, nobody in line, straight up to the front <laughs> desk. Do you have yeah. an appointment? No. No. Okay. Uh, what is your age? Gave them my age. Yeah, 100, yep. <laughs> Under 60. And mm. um, so you're eligible for Pfizer. They filled out all the paperwork um. for me. 
was jabbed within three minutes of walking into the place, waited my 15 minutes out in under 20 minutes. The, the Rolls done. Royce vaccines. Congrats on the Pfizer. Look at that. You're going to be, you're going to be out. You're going to be out at the footy any day now. Amazing. Not likely because there's no football taking place in Victoria because we had a small outbreak. And then of course our government actually does oh, yeah. something um, to get on top of this. And uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. no football in Victoria at the moment. Crap. All right. All right, Tony. Well, this will this will brighten your spirits, despite the no football. Um, some new Bud Light seltzers. And Tony, did you look at these? I did. I, oh, you did. Okay. So I was going to see if I could get you to guess these, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> because I actually think I have the perfect the perfect taster in mind for these Bud Light seltzers. All right. All right. So we got three new seltzers coming out. Um, uh, spoiler alert! You know, skip ahead forty-five sec. Skip ahead forty-five minutes. God knows how yeah. long we'll talk about these. We could uh, talk if you don't want if you don't want to hear what they are. If you want to be surprised, uh, but they're on Twitter, so you can find out. Uh, the first one, Tony, is okay. My, my the least exciting one to me is maple pear. Yes, so we're gonna I do agree. maple pear. It's not because it won't taste good, because it's boring. Um, I, I think it has the probability to be the best tasting one but also yeah the dullest one out of the three so i agree it with also you may the maple also could be really nasty um pumpkin spice tony pumpkin spice hard seltzer is coming um we are gonna have our leggings our sweat fuzzy sweaters and our fall season and our leaves changing and our punky spice celties yay um, Who's my pumpkin? So that's happening. Who's my pumpkin? So we get that, and then the last one, and the one that I think maybe is Tony's favorite. Um, I'm very excited for you to react to this one. Is toasted marshmallow? This is going to be fucking delightful. Anybody yep. that doesn't think this is going to be good is fucking delusional. This is a DJ Khaled request. I'm sure he's requested this. This is going to be sweet, but it is going to be delicious. Look, I, mean, I, would, is, I would suggest yeah. that you freeze this fucker, put it in a slushy <clears> machine, <throat> top it with a shot of 151. <clears throat> there, Fat Tuesdays, you already have your idea. Frozen margarita, toasted marshmallow, salsi. See, I, I thought this was, I mean, I forget what the flavor was. I think it might have been frosting. But this felt like the pre-made candidate for pouring into a glass over ice in a and like four or five maraschino cherries. You know what this is actually made for? This is made for sitting in a casino, <laughs> ordering yourself a glass of mm-hmm. toasted marshmallow salsa mm-hmm. and whipped to the moon, baby. Whipped cream to whip the moon. Whipped to the moon. Whipped to the moon. Uh, ooh, get, you could top this. Ooh, how about this, Tony? Top it with a not to not to pull all the drink tropes back, but little pineapple juice top floater, ooh. and then whip up to the moon. Oh, <laughs> now you're talking. Like, let's get on Harry to on top. Anheuser Busch around this. This, this, this is this could is make this right podcast. Here. This idea yeah. is fucking genius. Dad said genius. <laughs> Perfect. Now, do you think there's cuvee options here with these three? 
I think they absolutely should. I want some bourbon bourbon barrel aged options. I want some some mixes of the two. Toasted marshmallow with a hint of pear, delicious. Toasted marshmallow with a hint of pumpkin spice, delicious. Maple pear with a bit of pumpkin spice, that also works. Pumpkin spice as the major beer, no. But would I like to see them in like a a uh, five pack with with two maple pears and two toasted marshmallows and one pumpkin spice? Yeah, absolutely. So you can then mix and match and do your own blending. I think that's also pretty genius. Now we're talking as a now marketing thing. Now I will throw out there. You mentioned bourbon barrel aged. Goose Island is coming out with a bourbon barrel aged seltzer. Of course um, they are. I don't know when it's going to drop. Um, but they are using not not Jepson's Malort barrels. They're going to use Jepson's bourbon barrels. But there is a uh, there's a Chicago thread through this six point one percent. Will I try it? I don't know. Probably it does use the branding from from Bourbon County Stout. So I'm fascinated by that. But we'll see. Um, so there's the bourbon barrel aged stout. That's a little bit of a news derail, uh, Tony. That is. That is the Hyper Beerner Dork Shit News for the week. Um, Now we're going to move into a variant of a game that uh, we all love here. Um, We'll use the the same theme music. It's fine. But this is a game that I am going to call Dumb Trapped. Tony, uh, so something weird happened happened to Tony uh, in this version of this game, uh, the bit that I'm doing. Um, in this case, Tony Tony has unfortunately been locked in in the uh, circus. He got stuck in a cage at the circus. He got mistaken for um, one of the guys who eats the chicken heads or the bearded lady or something. And unfortunately, also at this circus are all of the dumbest idiots that drink beer. All the dumbest losers and morons and bad untapped people in the whole world of craft beer. They're all, it's Tony, Miss, Miss, um, Miss, who had been mistaken for a trapeze artist and also an elephant tamer, um, along with every bad beer guy in the world. And they're all in the same fucking cage. Um, but he, can be released. He's lucky. He has an opportunity. He can get out of here. If he can guess within a, a an amount that I determine, of course, that rule is still the same. Yep. How many one star or below ratings these very classic beers have received? Okay. So, Tony, I have five very, very classic um, beers here. Uh, beers that are beloved by, it should be all but are not. And um, essentially what I'm going to ask you is I will give you the name of the beer, of course, the uh, the current rating. Yep. Uh, the amount of check-ins they've had in total forever and the amount of, and you, you have to tell me is how many ratings of 0.25, 5, 0.75, or 1, so total. Uh, I've, I've added up all those numbers. 
that are, are one star below ratings, and you have to take a guess. Um, sort of like guessing at the big jar of pennies, and uh, I'll make a determination if you win. So I'm going to give you an example of one so that you can sort of get a feel for this because this is a slightly complicated game, I know, but it was just yep. something stupid I came up with. So, for example, Lagunitas IPA is getting a 3.73. It has 650,000 check-ins. Um, now, think of a number in your head of how many one-star or below check-ins a beer like that might have. A pretty reliable beer. You yeah, know. super reliable. Um, it has 2,271 one-star check-ins. Okay, yep. Okay, yeah. So that's... That's that's what you're looking at here. It's a tricky game. See if you get out of the circus. It's tough to get out of the circus. Yeah. You saw big fish or whatever. You ever see big fish? <laughs> no, I did not see big uh, fish. Okay, but yeah. Boy, is this going to be a it. tough one? This is a tricky one. We'll see how it goes. Dumb trapped. It's dumb. It's like untrapped. Perfect. All right. Um, so the first one, I think you'll get in a rhythm here. Is what I think, but we'll see. Um, the first one is Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Okay, starting me off with the toughest one of all. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, an all-time classic, the most important beer in the history of American craft beer. 3.63 rating already. Annoying, right? We're already mad. It has has 474,000 check-ins for for, um, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. 3.63, 474K. Okay, so my thought process around this is this is going to be um, one that's going to get more negative ratings than proportionally it should because it's actually bitter and we know those on Untapped are not necessarily fans of that. So I'm going to say that this is in the 2000s as well. I'm going to say 2,782. Not quite close enough for me, Tony. This one um, has 1,868 one-star below check-ins. You're not that far off. Um, so I actually think you're going to be able to do okay. They're, these these vary more than you think, but um, I think you've got that. You're in the right order of magnitude, so that's a good sign. Okay. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm shocked. 1,868 one-star below. Did you pull any of the highlights from these one-star reviews? Because to me, Actually, the bitterness um, is the real key thing that would would um, tip me off I, that Sierra Nevada was not rated highly on Untapped. I would like to I would like to complain about the setup for Untapped. And if anyone at Untapped is listening, you know, come on, uh, you can't you can't actually filter these you can't but i would say that if i just scroll down i can find one a one and a half star rating from joe v he's at the holiday inn in bozeman tony do you know where (laughs) bozeman is i do know where bozeman is i think the bigger issue is the fact that he's buying any beverage in bozeman because there's a fair chance that sucker's out of date looks like it looks okay um looks okay in the in the picture, anyways, and um, he says nasty, sad face, one point five. So that's probably what you're dealing with a lot of. 
Um, you can't, but you can't, you can't actually filter or or sort uh, anything of Be- the ratings, which is dog shit. Yeah, honestly, because so. what's what's the issue here? Is it just bad lines, or does he actually think the beer shit? And that's going to be the issue no, going forward know. too, as well. How many of these are actually bad premises serving great beer, but just fucking it up? Hm. Well, Sierra Nevada is a tough one, just because it does go everywhere. So maybe that one's a tricky one. Just period. Let's try this next one. Let's see see what you think here. Um, this next one is Saison Dupont. Saison Dupont, the the all time classic Saison example of a Saison, um, three point seven one rating. Already, fucking and it has one hundred really fucking mad. Yep, yeah, I knew I knew these would make you mad. Yep, uh, one hundred sixty four thousand check ins. Every time I saw one of these ratings, it made me mad, and none of every single one will make you mad. Um, yep, so three three point seven one, one hundred sixty four thousand check ins. My hint I'm going to give you in general with these, Tony, is that these are good beers and they are well-respected beers. And you have to remember that a lot of these ratings like this come from middle-of-the-road ratings. Not good ratings, yeah. but what people do is they say 3.25, don't love Saison or something, you know, yeah. whatever, yeah. right? I, I, that's what a lot of people do with this. So that's that's my slight tip in general with these beers because they are classics. Um, so Saison DuPont, 3.7164K check-in, so a lot less than the other ones we've already done. Yeah. So I'm um, going to say zero. How many are how many are at a one star? Zero. Should be fucking zero. This is a fucking great beer. These people are fucked in the head. This is the reason why America's fucked and doesn't get vaccinated. Okay, moving forward. My actual real guess. Uh, there are a couple of flags here. Green bottle. So there are people that one star shit because it's in a green bottle because they think all skunking okay. is that's bad because of Heineken. So that's going to be a portion of them. The other portion of them is people who don't know what good beer is and specifically don't know what good Saison is or good yeast estuary flavours are. So they're going to say, ooh, this is nasty because it doesn't bring me classic sea hops flavour. So in saying that, a lot less check-ins. I'm going to say 437 check-ins come in at one star or under. Tony, I'm going to give you that one. Um, this is a tough game. I'm going to give you that one because uh, I'll take it's, it. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know, if you're less than a thousand off, I think you're pretty. <laughs> uh, maybe less than five hundred, we'll say. But uh, six hundred thirty-eight. There are six hundred and thirty-eight right in the bullpen. one-star ratings of uh, Saison Dupont. Um, you got to be nuts. I don't care. I don't care if it comes in a green bottle that sat in the sun for a month. You know. But for that beer, Fine. it doesn't fucking matter. Now, yeah, it's what, actually good, yeah, right, yeah. What did you think about my reasoning there? Was it solid reasoning? I think it's solid reasoning. Um, I think the the thing I would note, though, is that a lot of the people, the, there isn't a lot of, um, there's some sense to this, but I think the sense may be broader, if that makes <laughs> No. If, if you, if, I think the logic no, sorry. There's some logic to this, but I think it's broader logic than what you're you're applying very beer nerd logic. Absolutely. Um, I don't think all these people giving one star ratings are particularly beer nerds or even interested in beer. Well, that with was you, I guess that was my reasoning for the second part was yeah. the ooh, it's nasty, and it's not that they were thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this this doesn't taste like sea hops. It's ooh, this is nasty because I've never tasted anything like this before. Right. Right. I get you. Yep. No, I think. 
I think it's I think the fact that you're doing some logic is gonna help you as we as we go here. So here's the next one. This is the third one. You're one for two. Um if you get three of these, we're uh, we're getting you out of there. Um this one's old Rasputin, Tony. Are you familiar with North Coast's <laughs> yes. classic Imperial Stout, Old Rasputin? I am. A beer I did get very I did get drunk on before I had to do a rehearsal of a, a drum line on accident. Um, and had to like drink, I had to drink like three gades and two coffees and then sort of okay. slap myself talk, awake. Talk us through that moment. How did you accidentally get drunk before a drum line or was the drum line an accidental rehearsal? No, it, no the problem, yeah, well, that was actually the, actually the, the rehearsal was an accident was actually part of it. We, um, we were waiting out the announcement of our, um, finals placement. If we, if we were going to make finals, um, uh, I don't know if I like telling the story. You might have to cut this, Tony. I think it, <laughs> please mark this and cut this, but I will tell the rest of the story. Um, uh, we just we were waiting at a bar. We had burgers and we we're eating at a bar and we're nervous and we're anxious that we're not going to make it. Um, and the the bar served Old Rasputin in pints. Um, <laughs> so like shaker pints of Old Rasputin. But um, the uh, so we, I had I don't know two of them probably. Uh, which is a lot of old Rasputin. <laughs> sure is. Ounces of old Rasputin. So uh, we 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 were like, oh, we're not going to make it. Oh, we are going to make it. Oh, we're not. We had never made finals before. Um, and then we did make it, and we came in like pretty good place. Um, and we made finals, and we were like, oh shit, now we have to go practice. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to. Um, I wasn't marching. I was, um, which is actually worse, probably, but. Um, so I just had to like we we had four hours or so um, before we had to go to rehearsal. Thank God. So I I sobered up fine. I just drank like two cups of two cold brews and about four Gatorades, and um, I didn't have to drive anywhere or anything. Thank God. I just had to like ride or whatever. But just had to get back and like nap it off and woke up and hung over pretty much by the end. Yep. Nothing like the treat of being hung over at seven thirty p.m. Um, and then hearing drums, and then, you know, mustered through the rehearsal. So. That's fine. Um, I did not show up to any of the rehearsals drunk. I just want that for the record. I just I I drank while we were off and we were waiting, and then and then had to like sober up afterwards. It was stupid. We're leaving that in. Um, shaker pints of old Rasputin, Tony. Don't do it. Um, Absolutely all right. do it. I'm just not going to be involved in a drum line. Yeah. Well, me, I don't think. Well, after this, if if anyone gets hold of this, I don't think I'm going to be involved in it anymore either. Um. All right, Tony. So, uh, Old Rasputin, North Coast Old Rasputin, the classic Imperial Stout. What old, what Imperial Stout used to taste like, Tony? I think I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm actually going to double check this while we're here. I think it's under ten percent, which is an no, amazing it's, thing it's, to think it's, about. It's right on the line. It's nine nine percent. Oh, nine percent ABV. This is classic style Imperial Stout. Boy, this beer tastes so good, though. Um, have you ever had it, Tony? Uh, I believe I have. It, yeah, it's it's so yummy. It's uh, a great stout. Um, I love it. I think it was Anyways, um, it during has, a good beer week in Australia where they, they bring out um, specialised stuff. So This I'd, classic has 251,000 check-ins, which have earned it a 4.01 rating yep um not a horrible rating of course no. but still you know not um 
I would say, you know, not to the level it probably deserves, but that said, Tony, 251K check-ins, how many of those are below one star? Now, this is really going to be a tough one to dissect because half of these ratings are going to be when that beer was the norm for your um, general beer drinking public. Uh, but then half of it, half of the ratings are going to be when Imperial Stout became um, sweet, um, delicious um, chocolate bombs. So this this is going to be tough. I think the four. Here's my here's my my check in from that day. Tony is right here <laughs> at one one eyed Jacks was the place <laughs> we were at <laughs> in Beaver Creek, Ohio. Beaver Creek. There you go. <laughs> That sucks. All right. Can I yeah, get your ahead. rating? Because this isn't going to affect anything, or you just checked it in. If you're wondering what my rating was at the time, it was five stars. Of course it was. Delicious beer. Okay. This one's tough. The rating says high, but I think some people, I'm not talking beer nerds, I'm talking general people, when they see Imperial Stout, they think chocolate delicious bomb. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to swing it up. In the 500s, five, eight, nine. 589 check-ins are one star and below. I'm going to do a little math here. I think, the, I think the getting within 500 is worth it. Oh, Tony, you just missed it. Um, <sighs> you were off by 524. Um, this has... 1,113 uh, one-star check-ins. Uh, yeah. 1,113 for, like I said, an all-time classic. Yep. Old Rasputin. Here's some two-and-a-half-star reviews. Oh, that guy didn't even comment on it. How can you do that if you're going to give it that lower rating? Here's a one-and-a-half. Um, it, this, come on. This has no comment either, but it's just an awful picture. But it's got Dweezil Zappa looking ass over here. Um, yeah, I hate that you can't find some of these one star ratings, but I, it does um, it does depress me that there's that many. So eleven eleven hundred thirteen, and I don't want to ch- chalk that up to age or anything, because uh, this beer would age pretty pretty all right, I would guess, especially. Um, yeah, you know, just yeah, just by its nature, it's sort of motor yeah. oil like. But yep, that's depressing. Not quite. You're one for three. We need you to get these last two right. We'll see if it happens. Um, okay. Let's here's lock a tricky in. one for you. Yep. Zone in. Here's a tricky one. This one is uh, uh, maybe my one of my five favorite beers in the world. This is Dreyfontanen Eau de Goose. Dreyfontanen Eau de Goose is getting a 4.09 on untapped. It has 65,000 check-ins for the classic Dre Goose. Fuck. This one's tough. Oh. This one is genuinely tough because I think anybody that enjoys a Goose should enjoy this beer. Now, my issue is that not every check-in is going to be by beard nerddom that knows what a fucking goose is, and there's going to be a portion that go, ooh, this shit is nasty. 
And too it's sour. Not too sour. This shit doesn't taste like Bud Light. Of course it doesn't taste like Bud Light. Nobody ever said it was going to taste like fucking Bud Light. Um, but it here's, has, somebody who did a, here's somebody who did a Magic Johnson post. A true goose, a blend of one, two, and three-year-old Lambic unfiltered and unpasteurized and aged in the bottle for at least six months after blending. Continued fermentation in the bottle give this goose its famous champagne-like spritziness. Bro, you just posted, like, Magic and Magic Johnson tweets, like, uh, James Harden scored 34 points to lead the Nets to a win in Game 3, or whatever. Just quoting the... He uh, just, just did that with beer. It was <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. All right, Tony. How many how many one star ratings for this amazing beer? How, how many how many fucking morons are out there? How many check ins again? Sixty five thousand. Sixty five thousand. So I'm gonna say one percent of those are going to come in. Oh, six hundred and twenty thousand. Six hundred and twenty thousand. No, six hundred and twenty check ins. Six hundred and twenty. Tony, you got this as close as you've gotten. You're within 50, 571. I'll take that. Uh, you're right there. All right, so it's all down to the last one. <sighs> down it's all to down the to the last one. This one's weird. Um, this one should be... This one's weird. This one's weird compared to the rest. I'm going to just throw it out there. This one is very, very weird compared to the rest, numbers-wise. You just have to guess which way oh, it Jesus. is. This one's called, uh, this one you know I love, Tony. Swami's IPA, Pizza Port, Swami's IPA, 3.84 on untapped for Swami's. The sort of the, the normal man's, the, the, the acquirable version of Pliny the Elder in some ways. Or we'll say Blind Pig, actually, more so. Okay. Um, the one you can get anywhere. Uh, it's, the, it's the true to style. West Coast IPA, if there ever was one. Um, 58,000 check-ins for Swami's. A 3.84 for it. What do you think? I think, and this is something I... Okay, so there there are three guys at the local bottle shop that I converse with on a regular basis. Two of them are absolute beer nerds and will drink anything. West Coast, Stouts, Goes. Um, one of them had their first oyster stout the other day. I know, shocked that, that they oh, had yeah. an oyster stout and wasn't a big oyster fan. Um, and I said, you won't taste the oysters. They just add that slight bit of salinity, really ups the flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into it. And the other guy, if I'm not drinking hazy, he doesn't want to have <laughs> anything to do with me. <laughs> pass. Yep, hard pass, sour, pass. West Coast, too bitter, pass. Plain old IPA. Pass. So I think this is the issue that, that Swami suffers from. So I think that number is going to be higher than what it should be for the amount of check-ins and the overall ratings. I I think this is going to come in just under a 1,000. This is going to come in at 993 check-ins. Oh, Tony, you went the wrong way. You get you you dove to the right. I I kicked it to the left. Um, penalty penalty kick. Tony, this only has one hundred and nine. Wow. One star check ins. One hundred and nine. 
you certainly can't give so, me that one. Yeah, that was a little too far off. You go two for five. You have to be. You have to go. You have to bite the heads off the chickens for a week. Um, that's all right. He likes you. You like that weird stuff. You like chicken heads. You're you're gonna cure them or something later. <laughs> um, or uh, whatever. What else happens at the circus, Tony? Uh, they got the um, they the lion the, tamer. The you got the rope. bearded lady. You got the tightrope. You got the um, clowns hopping out of the cars. You got the clown. Oh yeah, you like clowns, right? Are you are you afraid of clowns? Absolutely not. I'm not Bart Simpson. Yeah. I've never been terrorized yeah. by clowns. Kelly's afraid of clowns. Really? Doesn't like him. That that's good to know. Yeah, you can get your clown, get your it mask on, and you're gonna you could terrify her someday. That'd be pretty good. All right, Tony. Sorry about that. You did two for two for five. Is actually really good. This game is insanely hard. It was a very stupid idea I had. Um, and all it did, all it did, was make us mad because I read every time I read any of these, I'm like, "What?" Days <laughs> yeah. on Dupont, three point seven one. I'm just like blowing my computer up. Uh, walking, walking into the next beer fest I go to with like a bazooka strapped to me or something. <laughs> They're not rate that bad. Uh, screaming. All right, all right, Tony. I think we should wrap this up. I think. We what should. do you think? I think that's a, yeah. a grand time to wrap it up. Um, we, of course, can be found via email at beerengineshow at gmail.com, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also mm-hmm. find us on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. If you want to check out Griff's beers, he's Griff AD on Untapped. Where else can people find us, Griff? Yeah, we'll get on Instagram if you want to look for us. Uh, our Instagram is beerenginepod. Uh, the occasional post making its way there. Now that I've moved, maybe I'll try to post more beers up. I'm feeling a little more steady these days. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I would get on our Discord. You have a nice time on the Discord. Send us a note. Um, we had we had some friends drop us a note on uh, on Instagram this week. You can send us a note there at Beer Engine Pod or send us the email at the address Tony just said. Hell, you could, uh, if you could um, stalk me and send me a physical letter written in your own blood and tape together magazine letters and say, Discord link, please. Um, um, how would people probably, do that? I'll probably give it to you. <laughs> what address do you want I, people to send that to? <laughs> I, I don't have an address, so don't you can't. Um, we might, we might uh, actually, Tony. I think that's something though. I, I have been tossing around is uh, um, maybe doing some, some not physical mail, but maybe some like uh, ways you can you can reach us with. Um, <laughs> requests or something like that where if you want us to drink a beer or there's something you want us to try maybe there's a maybe there's a way we can finagle that so we've been working on that uh, i've been working on that or figuring out what that's going to be gonna wait till i get to vegas though because right now i don't really have a uh, a sturdy <laughs> mailing address <laughs> I'm, I'm living the rando life i have a p.o box what did rando say he would do he would have a p.o box and he could live in his car yep and gym a, membership. if he needed to sleep he needed a gym membership and he did. He could go sleep in the movie theater. Was one thing he said he could do. Yep. Um, so that was his. Home, he had a pl- whole plan for being homeless. It was really. I'll never forget that. We'll never find any of those episodes of any of that stuff ever again. But very good. Well, how different is to is Rando's lifestyle to a lot of those involved in the van life movement? No doubt you've seen these people just packing up everything. Oh, like the like the nomad land type thing. Yeah, yeah, but the ones that do it in an urban setting, they have these things called um, 
Oh, I forget what they're called, but they're sort of like sleeper. They just look like work fans. Sure. And they yeah. just. No, I know them. Yeah. Like sprinters. Yeah. Yeah. Mercedes yeah. sprinters are what I, a lot um, of them use. And they have yep. gym memberships to shower. They. I was a fan of a. I was a big supporter of us downsizing, but I've decided to could just downsize into a smaller uh, house. It's just, I just, I would. I'm going to continue having like, you know, a TV and carpet and the internet and, um, I like cooking uh, on a stove also. So well, just all of that normal stuff is normal. I know you're not big into possessions. Have you ever thought about a tiny house? Come on. Tiny I would actually love huge. to do it. Tony, I would love to do a tiny house, but I don't know if it's legal in Vegas, so we have to find that out. Um, <laughs> Isn't a tiny I, house just, me, just a really well-made trailer? I might just, I would, if I had a choice, I would convince our dear friends who live out there to um, get a nice little plot of land, a uh, plot of land there, and let me just drop my uh, little, uh, get the tiny house nation guys to drop me back there, and I'll just be, you know, over there. That's fine. I just need, I just need a little square. I'm fine over there. There's plenty of land in Vegas. The Air Force are looking to sell off a lot, so I reckon you'd yeah. be able to find yourself a plot. I just pocket my house cash and I'm I'm happy because it ain't going to cost as much as I'm going to get out of that house to build that. I could build a kick-ass tiny house with all kinds of dope shit in there too. Um, all right, there you go. Next week, more tiny house content. Thanks, Tony. We'll talk later. Bye.